0: What happens when a former police officer with a Boston accent becomes a youth pastor? You're about to find out on today's episode of Hope Between the Lines where we are going to play Who's the Boss and Two Truths and a Lie with my good friend Jason Forsman. So here we go. This is going to be a ton of fun. (laughs) Jason, welcome to Hope Between the Lines. Thank you. It's good to be here. Man, I've been looking forward to this conversation because. Well, before I get there, I have to ask you a question. Okay. Who is the boss? And what what I mean is this. There are two competing superhero universes that have flooded our galaxy with compelling people. And most people are either diehard DC or diehard Marvel. And the world has to know Jason Forsman. Who is the boss? Is it Marvel or is it DC?
1: You've you've actually touched on a point that for me may possibly not be as cut and dry. Uh oh. Um overall, a universe, just in the past few years, I believe Marvel's done a much better job. Um more engaging stories. Um, you know, I'm still. Still wishing we could figure out where the X-Men fit into there because there's a lot of untapped potential right there. That's but true. hands down, number one of all time for me has gotta be Superman. Mm. I, I don't I don't think there's I don't think there's a way around it. One of the strongest guys in the world, but also the most vulnerable when necessary. You know, it's just crazy. I love it.
0: Well, and one of the most respected people that I've ever seen who wears his underwear on the outside of his pants. Like, Absolutely. that's not a highly <sighs> praised characteristic in culture today, but he's pulled it off. Just thinking about the complexity of Superman, the complexities on in the simplicity because he is a flat-out paradox. Like, he can stop a bullet with his eyeball, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but when a certain rock shows up around him he's worthless absolutely and i'm like at some point superman you gotta move upstream you gotta solve the problem before it starts you gotta hire out some people to mine kryptonite and to destroy it completely
1: well and i'm even into the new cw um lois and superman Okay. And and now there's even and now you gotta forgive me. I have never read the comic books. I was not allowed to read the comic books as a kid. Okay. Um, so I didn't have the comic books. I I can only go on what I've seen. Huge fan of Smallville, huge fan of all the super Superman movies. Um, but now the new Lois and Superman. There's now even a a Kryptonite X, they're calling it, and it apparently it gives other people. Kryptonian um, powers so <laughs> I don't know where they're going with that but Wasn't there's... that
0: what the main character from Breaking Bad was cooking up in his trailer? It may, it may have been
1: <laughs> that's true That's yeah I didn't
0: even think about that
1: Kryptonite <laughs> X that's that's a whole new level
0: yeah well to do just a redonkulously shameless transition here uh, in a way I kind of view you as a Superman Jason Forsman and here's why. Anytime anybody asks me about you or you come up in conversation, it is so easy for me to point out what I see as one of your greatest strengths. And that is your next level creativity is like one of the most prolific uh, I guess, expressions of imagination, believing in things that aren't there but you have the drive and the desire and the vision to see things that other people can't see. And I think that's one of your greatest strengths, man. And sometimes I'm like, Jason, where are you going with this thought, man? Sometimes like, uh, and then you land it. I'm like, wow, okay, yeah. He saw it miles before anybody else saw it. And I just gotta say, Jason, that is one of the most amazing things about you is your ability to look at a situation And see what's not there, and to believe that it's possible for amazing things to spring out of anything.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you. That's uh, the the first person I could think of to call me creative was uh, the last pastor's wife that we we where where Lindsay and I served. She told me I was creative, and I just looked at her like she was crazy. I. I didn't I never thought of myself as creative. I just always thought I was a hard worker who would figure out how to make things happen. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, putting the word creative creative to it, especially with I mean, reinventing how I do everything once I became the director of Youth Alive, it was, you know, it really was kind of like God put everything together in a moment and said. Boom, this is you know, this is what I've been training you for. So sort of like I, you know, sort of like I found my fortress of solitude and it all just made sense.
0: That's awesome. And so I appreciate that. You mentioned like you you direct youth alive, which is what I get to do here in Wisconsin and northern Michigan, but you get to direct youth alive in the real Michigan. Because I'm not sure what to think of the Upper Peninsula, because I'm not sure people in the Upper Peninsula have decided what either they're Michigan or Wisconsin or a third state that has yet to break away.
1: I'm not, both. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they think of, think of themselves as part of the United States. Mm. I think they just picture themselves as a pocket unto themselves. Sort of like when you, when you, when you cross the bridge Um for, for us, it's Mackinac bridge, but sort of when you cross into the UP Upers. It's sort of like you disappear off of this dimension or this plane, and end up in uperville and it's just—I mean, look out! Look out for snowmobiles. You know, it's, yeah. Look it's, both ways. It's amazing right? up there.
0: Yeah, and every Uper that I've met is resilient. They have a, an independence that is actually pretty pretty winsome. It's like that. There's some facets of Euperdom that i think the rest of america could could benefit from kind of like this hey we survive winters that will punch you in the face repeatedly and we we have to dig ourselves out from 12 foot high snow banks and so there i think there's something pretty impressive about that so and there's a sense of humor um
1: that i mean maybe canada (laughs) but yeah. they just have this sense of humor about life. Um, I mean, you have to, you have to be able to laugh, at, laugh at yourself, laugh at circumstances. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it up there.
0: Well, and if you've never been to the Marquette area, that is a pretty unique city in some really cool ways. And what's happening right on the shoreline there is is pretty breathtaking. It's pretty amazing. But the reason why I'm bringing up Youth Alive in Michigan is because you and I have the privilege of serving as Youth Alive missionaries in our respective states. And so, I mean, I would just love for you to take a moment and kind of introduce yourself to the listener, because there are some of our listeners that know you and love you. And then there are other listeners that this is the first time they get to meet you. So who is Jason Forsman and what is he about? Um, the, the who is Jason Forsman is a wicked hide
1: question for me just because... I, I feel like every year I've had to, I've had to refigure that out based upon circumstances, based upon life. Hmm. Um, you know, 15 years ago, I would have said I was Mel Gibson in lethal weapon. I nice. mean, Good hair. that was, yes. that was, uh, yeah, actually. Yeah. Great hair. <laughs> um, and I have the same gun. So there you go. Uh, you know, just, I was a police officer. So, so I'm not just, I'm not a, yeah anyway, um you never know what you're supposed to say uh, so
0: <laughs> you're doing great
1: <laughs> so then I went you know went from there and I became you know a youth pastor and came to came to Michigan met my wife and um, we moved back to Texas as as youth pastors for a while, then came back up as missionaries um i I guess who am i i just i i'm a i'm someone who wants to help people i want to add value to as many people as possible i want to serve in any way i can um you know i i guess i want i want to i want to die empty <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, i want to we- die i want to die having poured out everything that i'm supposed to back into you know, the people around me, the people I love, the people who need um, me. So that's my goal is to die empty. Yeah, wow. pour it all out. So why, though? Um. Well, a very spiritual reason would be I, I just I don't I feel like that's what God wants me to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't truly feel fulfilled. If I'm not serving in some way, I, I literally, it, I mean, I've had, I've had some times even recently where I haven't been able to do anything and it was some of the worst times of my life, yeah. <laughs> you know, Yeah. cause I, I just, I was just sitting, doing nothing. And that was, that was to me, you know,
0: depressing actually at mm-hmm. times. Yeah. So so while you were sitting there feeling the, the the stress and the strain of not being able to to give yourself uh, freely like you just so generously do, what was God doing inside of you during that season of discomfort? Mm.
1: <laughs> Probably, I building resilience, but also wisdom. Mm. Um, it was at it was at that time that I. Uh, I, w- one of the guys who travels with us, Brian Pruitt, is an amazing speaker, amazing uh, person. And he had told me about the John Maxwell team. Um, and he suggested I at least look him up. So I looked him up and decided that there was enough content there. And and I was going to be able to have all the youth content. And I don't know if you've ever heard of, um, oh, why can't I think of his name right now? He's from Australia. He has no arms and no legs and he travels and he speaks and he's amazing. Nick Vucic. Yes, yes. Amazing. So I I, I had access to to material that he had created to use for school assemblies, to use, you know, in trainings at schools. So for me, it was a win-win. But at the time, I had been in a car wreck, Hmm. and for four months, I couldn't do anything. I didn't didn't really have use of my left hand. Oh. Um, And so, and I had no car because it was totaled. We got uh, my son and I were in a in in a car wreck and got got hit by a semi truck, so that that vehicle was toast. So, we um, you know, during that time, I just started reading
0: Hmm. and
1: just started really focusing on my own growth, on you know, what were the things in my life that the areas that I needed to grow. Right, and I and I probably needed that time. That, that was probably a a God ordained time because, you know, even now, I don't often take the time to to dig in and and grow
0: mm-hmm.
1: to, to to really dig down to really, you know, now that there's some strong roots, you know, how what am I doing to feed and water those roots? Absolutely. Um, So yeah, there, there's just, it was amazing to, to start that growth journey. And because I was on, on my back for four months, I was able to do so much so fast Mm. and really just propelled me to a place where I began to just see the world a little differently, began to see conversations differently, began to understand differently And um, you know, and I you know, Maxwell is not Maxwell is not the answer for the world, you know what I mean, Jesus is. Sure. But you know, as I went through his his material, it helped me. It brought me closer to God.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um every every time he talks. I mean, I was at I was at a it was a training for certification. And he said, "Hey, I want to do a service uh, tomorrow morning. This is not part of the not part of the conference, but you need to come anyway." Man, I saw Hindu, Buddhist people from all over the world flooding an altar, getting a Bible, crying, praying, giving their hearts to the Lord. That moment right there changed me because hmm. I said, "This is a guy who's using." his gifts and talents and seeing hundreds of people come to altars. uh, God, how, 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 do, how do I, how do I do that? So yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing.
0: So yeah. yeah. You mentioned that you you really do love to give and to help and to serve. And I witnessed that firsthand. It was in Daytona beach at a retreat that we were at for youth alive several years ago. And we're trying to enjoy lunch at this uh, this restaurant. We're sitting there having conversation, and all of a sudden, like we see you stand up and like zip straight outside and intervene in a moment where, no joke, there's a guy who is about to have his life potentially ended because another individual was beating the living tar out of him, and went and got a baseball bat is that right Mm -hmm. so what was going through your mind in that moment like you stepped in to a violent situation and had you not stepped in and had no one else stepped in there's a good chance that that guy would have slipped through the veil of eternity what was going through your mind in that moment um well training first of all
1: making Making sure where I was standing, I could see everybody and that I could see hands. Make sure no one had a knife or anything or gun. Um, so first of all, just the where is everybody, just the, the statistics of the whole, the, the strategy of the whole thing. Making sure the scene is controlled. And then trying, in, in my mind, I just, I knew I had to figure out who who was the aggressor. How could I, how could I bring him down? and then the aggressor could be brought down. The aggressor was off his rocker. I think he'd been, I think he'd been doing more than cooking burgers. Um, so my next step was to figure out who had, who had influence and that was the owner. And when I finally got the owner to put the bat down and calm down, then he began to help me calm other people down. And that was, and then the police finally showed up,
0: which was Crazy. huge sigh of relief right yeah yeah absolutely yeah and so that's just one of a handful of moments where i've just kind of watched you uh, you know you just dive right in when other people pause you, you run you run into the moment and so as generous as like you are i have to believe that there've been stretches and seasons of your life though where you've had you've gone through a tough tough stretch like what what was what was one of those moments for you where you're you're kind of going through the thick of it in your own personal journey
1: um well it was actually I just talked about part of it um you know five years ago I I I tore my Achilles oh no and so for a few months I was on my back again I had to wait for over for about a month even to have surgery um just because there was a fight with the insurance company. So went through that, um, found out we were having a second child in that time. But I, you know, I was on my back. Lindsay was having to do everything for me. Um, then we had um, the car accident and I I couldn't even open a toothpaste um, tube. Wow. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't take the lid off my water. I I couldn't do anything. Um, so watching Lindsay take care of at the time, a four-year-old, um, no, three-year-old and a six-year-old, um, work full-time, take care of me, Mm. take care of the house and her parents, uh, not everybody knows this term, but her parents became snowboard birds that winter. Mm. So literally they took off. Um, and so we did, we had nobody. Wow. Um, cause we had just moved. We, you know, we had just moved, um, really just a couple of years before that had happened. Still trying to figure out a church and a home and a community and fit in. Um, you know, so there was the, there was, um, the torn Achilles. My son, um, had a stroke, had a, not a stroke, a, um, a seizure. Mm-hmm we had to rush him to the hospital shortly thereafter that he was in the car with me when we we were struck by a semi after spinning out on some ice. Um, and during that time, like those four months, 2019 really was the, the, the worst, you know, when 2020 got here, I was like, this is nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Wow. Whatever. Because 2019 was so bad. I was so depressed. Hmm. And even though I was growing, um, I sat there feeling like I can't help my wife. I can't help my family. Um, And just watching what it, what it did, you know, for her um, that, that probably killed me more than anything. So just, just really 2019 that whole season was, was so difficult um, to watch. Um, And even though I was growing and things were happening, it was, you know, yeah, it's it gotta
0: just, be, it's got to be tough when you are used to wearing the provider hat and the helper hat and the leader hat and the the protector hat and the de, you know the defender hat and all of a sudden none of those hats are on your head and other people are having to wear those for you and to, that that's tough and in that stretch of your life where where were you finding hope like what kept you going when you didn't want to go anymore um <laughs> every time someone says hey where where
1: did you find hope in that moment i think of an old song um i want to say edward moat uh, wrote it back long time ago uh, my hope is built on nothing less than jesus blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. I think I got those words correct. Um man, I, I'll tell you, it's it's the times when I'd wake up at four in the morning and you know, I'm in the basement right now. So come down here to this basement and just cry. Um just cry to the Lord just begging for something to break and even if circumstances didn't change he he gave me a hope um it sounds so cliche to say that the lord gave me a hope but i've watched I have watched so many scenarios where not only should I have died or where I was in a situation and I prayed and immediately the Lord did something or there were situations people were going through and I watched him walk people through and do amazing things. Um, I, I can't help, but, but find my hope not only in what he's done in my life and people I know, but.
0: Yeah, and so <laughs> as you're sitting there going through that tough stretch, um, you're really just unpacking like Christ was your hope and just kind of remind yourself, hey, now this isn't forever. And I think there's something powerful about tethering your, your thoughts to something over the horizon. And what, what was it like having to believe in something you couldn't see yet? Mm. (laughs) Uh,
1: The best word is probably flashbacks. Um, and, And the way, and that's the, that's the wrong, wrong term i know but there are times where you're fully in um and i've taught i've taught this so many times just because it's proved proved true for me the lord says and does something in the moment that you're with him that circumstances and this world will try to take away from you every time Mm
0: -hmm.
1: for me i remember so many times of getting angry and frustrated and then reminding myself of what the Lord had said just that morning right. or, or, you know, reminding, reminding the kids of, of something. And there are so many times that I've been able to, to remind the kids of something in the scripture and it, it, it stirs me too, hmm. you know, or, or Lindsay, Lin, Lindsay is amazing. She, um, you know, she'll post something online and it's usually the, the exact thing, that I need for the day. Um, you know, it's a scripture, it's a song or it's something. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I, I I always had to remember in those times where I started living based on my circumstances that I had to go back to the promise and, and, and live, live based on the promise, not on the pain.
0: Oh, that's good. And I, I think it's important as we reflect on our journey and maybe even let the scripture speak, at us even a little bit maybe even about us and we got to be careful not to read ourselves into every bible verse because Mm -hmm. some people who study the word of god they they practice what's called eisegesis where you study the scriptures and you overlay your bias and other people they they practice what's it's called exegesis and that's where you with you draw out the, the intended meaning, the culture, the context, the characters, and you you mine the purpose and the intent out of the word. But I think we're also running the risk of what I've heard called narcissism where <laughs> we narcissistically read ourselves into every stinking scripture in the Bible. And we're like, that's about me. It's all about me. You know, and like, I just think it's interesting how, if we just let the scripture speak to us, it'll be the mirror for us. And where I'm going with this is the Israelites journey. As they wandered through the desert, they could have gotten to their destination years earlier, but they didn't. And some people have said, you know, it took relatively a short amount of time for god to take the israelites out of egypt but it took a generation for god to take egypt out of the israelites and going through the deserts of life there's some similarities to the israelites wandering in the desert and just kind of listening to you share your journey i'm kind of reminded that sometimes god Wants to change our our status before he changes our station. Mm. He wants to really reaffirm our our identity in him before he moves us out of our circumstance. Well,
1: I was going to say, it's it's crazy about that too, if you think about it. Just that scenario, the Israelites were circumcised before they left um, Egypt. So they were consecrated, they were setting themselves apart, but they got out and they walked and they stared at the promised land. They were staring at the promise of God and they said, no. Mm. So in that moment, I mean, a lot of people look at them and they're like, are you guys stupid? Well, they still had a slavery mindset. It's a miracle that it only took God 40 years to change that group of people from the group of people who looked and said no now, and and we also can't discount that those people who said no also raised the generation that said yes. So they said no, but God still used them to raise the generation that said yes. So right before they went in to Jericho, what happens? They circumcised everyone again. They reconsecrated themselves to God. And the Bible says, Joshua five, the Bible says they reached out and they ate from the produce of, of Canaan. And the minute they began to eat from the promise, the provision of the past ended, the manna stopped coming. Um, just amazing as they walk through, um, that whole thing, it stinks that they didn't get to walk into the promise but they raised the generation that did. And so God still used them. They're not I don't think I that I don't consider that generation a forgotten generation at all. Absolutely not. It's an amazing amazing for you to say for you to know that you're never going to get the promise but still raise the generation to get the promise, mm-hmm. not become bitter and choose that you're going to not let that that slavery mindset passed down to your kids it's amazing sorry that's i'm passionate about that, that that topic right there
0: yeah i think the beauty of the gospel is that it's 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 life through death it's it's hope through despair it's light through darkness it's god really amplifying his glory through the perpetual paradoxes that we find ourselves stuck in sometimes. And just kind of hearing you share your story and how you've you've been through some tough seasons and you're still standing. And I think that's awesome. And I think God's honoring you for your, your faith in him. And what's cool is that you and Lindsay are charting a course for your children and their children if they choose to have kids someday and i just think that's awesome as we kind of turn a corner here uh, i want to know who is jason proud of today Mm -hmm.
1: you know what i've got two answers to that Mm -hmm. i'm proud of myself actually Mm -hmm. because my mindset has changed from one of um probably slavery (laughs) and, and, and some would say abuse to, to a completely new way of thinking. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. Uh, it, which takes a lot for me to say, actually, um, I'm, I'm super proud of, of Lindsay. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: She has had to, I I have watched her everywhere she has gone. She has been thrust into leadership. When we got to Livingston, Texas, her second year, they were asking her to be the lead teacher and the other teachers had been there for 20 25 years, some of them wow. and they wanted her to be the lead teacher. She was asked in her second year to take on a student teacher. And so just just amazing to to see to see that happen and she, At the time, she was like, I I just don't think I can do these things. Right. Well, then a few years later, she becomes a lead teacher in Bay City, Michigan, which is something that she didn't do before, but she finally felt like, okay, maybe now I can do it. And then we, you know, we're having Madeline and she gets the offer to stay home. So she goes from teaching in the classroom to teaching online. She does that so well that they ask her to coach to coach teachers all over the nation. So she's now coaching teachers all over the nation. And what she's doing as part of that coaching program, they say, hey, actually, what you're doing is amazing. Can you step into this role as an instructional designer? Mm-hmm. So now she's listening to everybody and creating content and, and doing these things and she was the newest instructional designer and they were asking her to apply for the lead designer. <laughs> you know what I mean? She didn't, she, you know, she let someone else, uh, I say, she let someone else take it. She, you know, she let other people apply and she didn't, she didn't take it, but she supports that person and that person comes to her and asks for advice. I mean, everybody on the team does. Mm. She's just that person that everybody comes to and asks advice of, um, and wants to know kind of her perspective. Cause she has amazing perspective and, and I, and I get to live with her. Yeah. <laughs> so I right. get that all, I get that for free all day, every day. So, um, and I've just watched as she, as she handles her kids and she handles situations and she handles me, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just super proud of, of who she is as a mom, mm-hmm. as a wife, as a she was never a typical pastor's wife, um, but I was never a typical pastor,
0: so I guess that works. <laughs> right on, right on. Well, I, it sounds like you you married an amazing woman. And I think you and I both have that in common. Mm-hmm. And I just thank God for amazing partners who really have the capacity to draw out the best in people. It's just It's just amazing. Uh, how God blesses with the with the person that kind of helps you be maybe who He's dreamed you to be, and He yeah. uses and He uses a person to help you become that. And mm-hmm. I jokingly say this that the the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life sounds a lot like Marlena, and mm-hmm. she just has this way. Of discerning with wisdom, you know what is right and best, and and she does it in such an honoring way. And I can remember when we had an opportunity to to interview for a youth pastor position at a church of several thousand to be one of a couple of their youth pastors and. In my mind, I'm like, well, clearly this is mm-hmm. Jesus calling because uh, it's bigger and uh it's bigger. So if right. that doesn't clearly communicate the will of the Lord, right? I don't know what does. Mm-hmm. And so Marlena made time to pray and to consider and she in her heart was like, I don't. I don't know. I don't I don't think this is for us. And I realized right away she was not hearing from the Lord on that way, clearly not hearing from the Lord. And I say all that tongue in cheek. But she said something next, though, that humbled me. She said, I don't, I don't think this is for us. But if you think it's for us, I'll support you. And I was like, I'm going to go pray again. Like, yeah. <laughs> excuse me while that, I go. That, do... phrase, that
1: phrase right there. <laughs> Knowing that now you're not just carrying that decision, but you're carrying
0: that person's trust as well. And that's a lot. And she heard God first on that. Because after I slowed myself down long enough, it was clear that somebody else was meant to be there. And what's super cool is that one of my friends got to be there. My friend was, was brought into that role. And what's even more amazing is because we stayed in step with the Holy Spirit in that moment, the opportunity to serve as Youth Alive directors in Wisconsin, Northern Michigan, was offered to us. Had we pursued and had we been invited onto the staff at this other church, we never would have been afforded this opportunity. You and I are not having this conversation right now. You and I ha- would have not been given the opportunity to work on cool projects together. I'm not sure I would still be with Youth
1: Alive if you hadn't been with Youth Alive. Hmm. The encouragement of you and, and and you know one or two other people is really what's kind of kept me around.
0: Wow. Wow. That's super humbling, Jay. Um, and I, I just can't claim any credit. <laughs> That's one of those things, right? Um, man, Jason, I have loved this conversation. As we as we kind of land the plane, what, what would be your final thought to somebody who's just, they find themselves maybe in a tough stretch and they need a little bit of hope today. What would you say to them? right now well
1: first thing is you're number one you're not alone mm-hmm. um, not only you're not alone in the sense that other people are going through it but you're not alone and there are people around whether you see them or not there are people in your life who love you there are people in your life who want The best for you. Hmm. Um, And to be honest, if you can't find them, if you can't see them, once again, there's a lot of times we don't see the promise because of the pain, then reach out to me and I will help you find them or I'll become that person for you. Um, Because hopelessness. You you know, hopelessness is, is one of those things that it hits us so deep and it takes us so low Hmm. that we're not even sure where to look sometimes. Wow. So even if you only have one anchor, one point, um, you know, if you're climbing, you, you, you tap that, that, that anchor into the mountain hook your rope on that one anchor for now and just wait. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, I had months after Achilles surgery, I had months, you know, after my chi wreck. I had months because of COVID. <laughs> I was, I was one of those people who had COVID for over 60 days. Um, So you know, try, try hearing your kids running around in the next room, knowing that they can't even come give you a hug.
0: Yeah. That's tough.
1: Um, you know, your wife sleeping downstairs, there were, there were nights where I was too weak to text, but I could barely breathe. Mm -hmm. And I just had to kind of roll over and get myself to, and in those moments I did, I cried out to Jesus, but I also that, that, that scripture, you know, Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. That really kept me through a lot of that time because I awesome. knew for a fact that God's joy, which is also his strength, would be there.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: So set your anchor and and hold on
0: and just be okay waiting. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Super good encouragement. Uh, one final thing, Jay. We're going to do two truths and a lie so i am going to drop two truths and one lie on you right now and you are gonna have to guess which one is the fib are you ready i am all right first my left leg is shorter than my right leg second i am a paramedic. Third, I am fluent in sign language
1: because I know you. I think that's. I think that I I have it one hundred percent down. All right. Although you do kind of walk with some swag, you know, some swagger. You kind of got that little bit of, you know, um. But I think that's the lie. I think as part of your duties as a firefighter, you probably have paramedic training as well. Um, and I've seen you speak sign language and so I'm gonna guess that fluent, you know, unless you're changing the definition of the word fluent, you' you are fluent. Um, so I'm gonna guess those two are true and your leg being shorter is not.
0: I hate to tell you, but, you're not a paramedic. I am not a paramedic. Not. My, my left leg is legit shorter than my right leg. And it was a huge, huge spot of insecurity for me growing up. I had my one of my, I guess, physical therapists prescribe orthotic shoes for me in middle school. And that was so devastating for me that I took his prescription and never told my deaf dad about it so to this day my dad still doesn't know that i was supposed to be wearing orthotic shoes and it uh it what oh boy let me tell you when the physical therapist discovered my ruse whoo he was not a happy camper and so yeah so thanks so much for playing that game with me jay but no problem more importantly thanks for your friendship and i know my life's better because you're in it and i know the lives of so many are better because of you and the way that you're living your life so i just want to say thanks again i'm grateful for you jay thank you for making the time for this conversation my pleasure thanks for having me it was fun i hope you enjoyed that massively awesome conversation and even a little bit enjoyed that kind of circuit saved by the bell era transition music (laughs) that greeted you at the end of that conversation i love that conversation that i got to have with jason Forsman. he is again one of the most prolifically creative individuals that i think i have ever met i appreciate his vision his passion for life and his heart for people the dude is simply amazing. If you want to learn a little bit more about what Jason is doing in Michigan with Youth Alive, please don't hesitate to find him online. You can search Jason Forsman Michigan Youth Alive. I'll also be sure to include the links to find that information in the show notes. As we are nearing the end of this first inaugural season of Hope Between the Lines, I have a heart full of gratitude, and although this is not the final episode of this season, I got to say Thank you so much to each and every person who has made time just to kind of go on a journey with me and the guests that I get to have conversations with. As I travel and speak, sometimes I'll meet individuals who will reference uh, the podcast that they just heard. They'll reference a conversation with Terrence Talley that they said was just super powerful, or they'll reference the conversation that I got to have with John Malstead about student cell phone usage and just the practicality of that that just means the world to me. Anytime I hear from any one of the listeners, uh, just it's awesome. So you know who you are. In fact, uh, one of the listeners is uh, epically uh, famous in my own mind for his response that he gave me during a sermon that I was preaching once several years ago, and maybe I'll share that story next time, but uh, Roy, I'm talking to you. I appreciate you much, dude. Hey, uh, lastly, and never ever leastly, uh, may the Lord bless you, may he keep you, and may his face shine forever brightly upon you.